In 2008, while running for the presidency, Barack Obama promised change. And after he was elected, he delivered on that promise big time. In fact, far beyond anything most people could have imagined. What is his legacy, and how should it be evaluated from a biblical perspective? Stay tuned for an interview with a White House correspondent who is also an evangelical Christian. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest in the studio with us today. He is Bill Koenig, who has been a White House correspondent for the past 15 years. He is president of a news website called World Watch Daily, and he publishes a weekly report called Koenig's Eye View from the White House. He is also the author of a brand new book called Revealed, Obama's Legacy. Bill, welcome to Christ Thanks, in Prophecy. Great We're to delighted back. to have you here today. Great to have you on, Bill. Thank you, Nathan. Great well, let's back. jump right in. Obama's legacy. Now, in the beginning, Dave said that Obama was going to bring hope and change and that he might bring it in a big time. Do you agree with that? Did Obama really change things? Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt. Every okay. area of our life that uh, means a lot to us, uh, especially as evangelical Christians, uh, have, have been impacted. Which, We're seeing that on a daily basis. Okay. What ways has he changed our country? Then? Well, I think uh, number one is the morality. Uh, the day he was being sworn in on uh, January 20th, uh, 2009, uh, at the very time he's being sworn in, his White House was putting up the LGBT agenda hmm. on the White House website under civil rights, and it's watered down quite a bit at the, at the end. Uh, uh, but it, we just cannot believe it. I mean, the same day, this uh, total cultural and moral change uh, was being put on the White House website. And uh, that was a declaration of war from day one. Well, I guess that's what prompted you to make this statement, because I have a statement that really jumped out at me from your book, in which you said, Barack Obama, and I'm quoting you, has done more to promote immorality and perverse sexuality than any man in American history. Hate to ever have to put it that way, Dave, but that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, we're dealing with that on a daily basis uh, today. Just think what it's like for Christians in the workplace. Just think what it was like for Christians in Obama's military uh, and the difficulty yes. for chaplains. I mean, every area of our life, we're considered the enemy. We're considered the problem. We're considered the, the bigots. And, and who would ever imagine, just I a few just, years, who would ever have imagined that the day would come when the White House would be lit up with the colors of the moral perversion movement? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's June 26th. It's like I'm going to cram it down your throat. Or that Absolutely. we'd fight for transgenders to be into, you know, men to be into women's bathrooms and the sports leagues and all fighting to get that. It's almost like overnight the country turned towards transgenderism and homosexuality when before they were very reserved about it. No doubt about it. I think uh, what happened is uh, during uh, Clinton's eight uh, years in office, he, his June was the uh, National Day yep, Pride. Every month. June. Mm -hmm. And then uh, President Bush, uh, George W. Bush, had nothing like that. Nothing in June. And then when Obama took over, uh, June was the LGBT, and then they added Q later, in case you don't know what you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, that June. used to just enrage me, and it still does, uh, uh, when he would declare June as the month to celebrate sexual perversion. 
and uh, I would write him every every year. I'd only get on the internet and s- send a message to the White House. I didn't expect any answer. I didn't expect him to read it, but I I just I had to do it, and I would object. But one year I decided to take a different approach, and that year I decided to get sarcastic. So what I did is I said. Mr. President, uh, you say that you believe in equal opportunity for everyone, non-discrimination. Why are you discriminating in your uh, in, in the declaration you're making each June, where you celebrate uh, lesbian, bisexual, homosexual, and, and and it goes on and on? I said, why didn't you add prostitution? Why didn't you add adultery? Why didn't you add pedophilia? I mean, why don't we just take all the moral perversions and put them in there? Why are you discriminating? Yeah, it's, it, it leads to those things, and it gets worse and worse. And unfortunately, in, in my chapter, uh, LGBT, he owns it. No leader in the world had a greater influence on this spreading of LGBT around the world and same-sex marriage as him. And we fight it here, Dave, with a Christian population that's pretty substantial. Yeah. What about the small little countries around the world that have hardly any Christians, and it just came right into those countries so quickly? Every time he visited an African country, any, he, he had to un, un, you know, just unload on this and issue. And even used funds. Lectured them. F- exactly. And even used federal funds saying, get in line with LGBT or it's going to affect our foreign aid to your country. Well, I know that as a White House correspondent, you must have been very frustrated about the fact that we've got a terrible civil civil war going on in Syria. We've got Iran threatening the world. We've got North Korea led by uh, a crazy man. And all these problems, and we in America are focusing on whether or not a man can go into a woman's bathroom. Total obsession. Total obsession. And what what has happened is these LGBT activists have worked their way into guest relations, where where they're in charge of who who gets on as a guest with uh, major TV networks. Uh, they've worked their way into positions of influence in corporate America, yes. into sports leagues. I mean, look what happened in North Carolina. Yeah. Look yeah, what happened the to the state mouth. of North Carolina. Just basically their bill, after Charlotte said, you know, we need to open up bathrooms. The Word of God says that if you rebel against him, he's going to step back. He's going to lower the hedge of protection. He's going to allow sin to multiply. In fact, in Romans 1, three times, and the last time he steps back, it says he will deliver the nation over to a depraved mind. I think that's where we are. Yeah, sadly, that's uh, that's true. I mean, when you think about it, when uh, a couple good good examples here, uh, Secretary Gates of the Pentagon said the President Obama showed hardly any, if any, emotion at all about the plight of the military and other things that are necessary in terms of our readiness, preparation, and our budgets, but he was very involved with getting rid of de- defense, or uh, don't ask, don't tell. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Great interest in that. Same thing with Islam. Uh, a Muslim apologist. He didn't talk. He has showed no motion about the plight of Christians being persecuted and slaughtered for their faith in the Middle East. But a lot of emotion about bringing refugees from the Middle East, Northern Africa, into America. Yeah. Kelly Shackelford, the head of the uh, Liberty. Uh, organization here in, in the Dallas area, uh, one of the greatest defenders of Christian faith in this country, has said over and over again, the average Christian says, well, you know, uh, uh, if, if homosexuals want to marry, that's fine. Uh, uh, what, what does that have to do with me? It doesn't have anything to do with me. And he said over and over, it's going to impact everyone, everyone. Because, for example, you apply for a job, the sexual perversion mafia, which is what I call them, now 
they get on the internet, they see what church you're going to, they see what sermons that person is, is preaching, and suddenly you're under attack because you attend a church where a person preaches a sermon that says homosexuality is sinful. Absolutely. And Christians having to go to sensitivity uh, programming, whether it's in the U.S. military. I have a friend that's son, a gra- graduate from Naval Academy, uh, is in uh, South Korea right now. And uh, he said one of the reasons he would like to leave the military, he's tired of these transgender uh, uh, programs that they have to go through to, as, as being part of the military. And that's what With, the Chinese communists used to do. Oh. Put people in groups and, and surround them and then uh, everybody bombard them to get them to change their way of thinking. Yeah, and, and I have a friend that works for a Fortune 100 company. Yes. You know, they're having to go once, if not twice a year, go through sensitivity programming about LGBT and about transgender. And basically what that means is you've got to not only accept it, you've got to endorse it. Tolerance anymore doesn't mean you no. just accept it. It's it means you've got to endorse it. It's a one-way street. Yeah. No tolerance what, towards us. And is that why you wrote this book? You wanted to... That was one of the reasons. I, one, I, okay. When I was uh, praying about the book, uh, about doing the book, the Lord really put it in my heart, uh, the Holy Spirit put it in my heart, seven areas. Okay. And um, there are seven areas. One is Muslim apologists. Number two, what uh, Israel in the Middle East. Number three, what has happened to our U.S. military. Number four, LGBT, he owns it. Number five is faith on his terms. And then uh, will America ever recover? And then in the chance for him to repent, personally, mm-hmm. in my final chapter. And, uh, and also a little bit about his background to get a better idea of what influenced him to the extent. But I just saw, you know, be, it's kind of a catharsis. I saw this go on for eight years. You couldn't get involved uh, actively in the, in the press briefings to the extent that you would be shouted down or, or they would attempt to... Uh, uh, shouting down might be too strong, but they would not appreciate any question that's contrary to his moral, or I yeah. call it immoral sex agenda, Softball or immoral agenda. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just felt that there was a lot of things that were uh, taking place that need to be documented. And I use his own words. Uh, the Lord put my heart, use his own words where we as believers that have a God, have a, a fear of our Lord, that it, once a believer reads this and sees what happened, They'll see it for what it is. And um, most people who read the book are just in to complete awe well, of what it's taking place. We'll take a brief break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to look at some other aspects of your book as to whether or not he was a Muslim apologist and his attitude toward Israel and uh, his uh, personal uh, religious faith and so forth. So we'll look at that. Great. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy, an interview with White House correspondent Bill Koenig. Well, Gil, Bill, I, I want to jump into a different topic now, and that is one that people seem fascinated with, and that is that based on his words and actions, many have claimed that, that uh, President Obama was a closet Muslim. Uh, he claimed to be a Christian. Was he either one, or is he just a humanist? Dave, when I um, uh, put the, the chapter uh, two together, uh, Muslim Apologist, Obama, Muslim apologist. I, I read his speeches. Um, I remember seeing him presented uh, June 4, 2009 in Cairo, Egypt to the Muslim world. Basically, he was an apologist for Islam. Mm-hmm. He was talking about uh, Thomas Jefferson honoring the Koran to the point <laughs> that he had a copy of it in the White House uh, library. Well, uh, Thomas Jefferson <laughs> had a copy because he's trying to figure out what motivated, the, copy. What, yeah. what motivated <laughs> the Barbary Pirates. Know. Yeah. You know, we had a problem with the Barbary Pirates who were Muslims, so what? 
we need to understand what influences them. I wish I wish our think tanks in Washington would read the Koran too. They'd have a little a lot yeah. better handle on what's taking place. Well, I nearly fell out of my chair when he went to Cairo and talked about the great Muslim uh, comp- contribution to the development of America. Oh, I, I thought oh, what on and what? on exactly yeah. exactly on and on just like this and. Uh, you know, as long as I'm president, the doors of America are open to you. Uh, reading his uh, speeches uh, at the Turkish parliament in uh, April of 2009, then his uh, address to the Muslim world, his bowing down to King, uh, King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia, and then his uh, February speech last year to a mosque in uh, Baltimore. Yes. Yeah, you just read what he says. You read what he says and watch, watch him present it. Well, I know one thing for sure, and I wrote this uh, before he took the oath of office, that he could say he's a Christian all day long, but uh, a Christians do not take the position that he took in an interview that he did when he was a state senator in Illinois, right. a very extensive interview That's he did, right. in which he said, there are many different roads to God. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and it took many other very unchristian positions. That's it was right. obvious he was simply a cultural Christian in name only, but well, that was all. Well, that's exactly right. He did that with uh, evangelical leaders before the election. Yeah. Told them he believed there was multiple paths. And the other thing, too, is that he was told if you're going to be in politics in South Chicago, you need to be part of a church. Yeah, sure. So yeah. who did he pick? Reverend Wright's church. Yeah. And that's not pseudo-Christian. It's more black liberation theology, that, right? That's, that's, and he sat there, what, yeah. for 20 years and listened to this guy rant and rave about uh, uh, his anti-Semitic uh, li- uh, uh, sermon? how much he exactly. hates America. And, and that's right. And then, uh, you know, every once in a while Obama's uh, faith would be questioned nationally. So what did he do? He grabbed his family and they went to church on Sunday uh. with the White House press in tow. They take all the photos, USA Today, New York Times, Washington Post, and then on Monday, the front page of newspapers, Obama is in church. See, he's a Christian. He's in church. And he only won a few times like that. So, and the other thing is, uh, as I mentioned briefly in the first part of the program, is he shows no emotion or feeling toward the persecution of Christians oh, no. throughout the Middle East. I mean, they're being slaughtered for their faith. They, he shows no emotion. He tells us to but, get off our high horse. Well, he, and he uh, did that at the National Prayer, prayer Breakfast. Breakfast. The Prayer uh, Breakfast. When he was talking about the Crusades, I call it the Catholic Crusades. Yes. And then he yeah. talked about Jim Crow laws in the South, but he said uh, for us not to be on our high horse. He never missed an opportunity, which wasn't a lot of times, but he didn't miss his opportunity to do things like that, to, to chastise Christians. And even in his book, I, uh, in, his, in my book, Obama, uh, Faith on His Terms, mm-hmm. uh, I went in and read his uh, chapter in his book yes. uh, about his faith um, in Audacity of Hope, and it's convoluted. Mm-hmm. And it's faith for his purpose. It's faith for his use. Mm-hmm. When it comes to LGBT, he talks about those Roman scriptures. <laughs> And then he'll go back and talk about the stoning in Leviticus for doing things. And it's a total distortion of the faith for his purpose. Yeah. Well, we listen it's, to his speeches. I, 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 I. His, wor- his worship that he worshiped. Let's get himself. Into, uh, to the military here for a moment. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Bill, we say in your book, and I'm going to quote this, Barack Obama was the ultimate subversive, especially when it came to managing our military. What do you mean by that, the ultimate well, subversive? Well, you know, when you look at it, uh, you know, our top generals uh, being uh, fired, uh, oh, the top generals tragic. in our... Uh, I, I think most people are not aware of that. Oh, that's correct. He cleaned out the military of anyone who would object to LGBT. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a family member who's a very uh, staunch Democrat. He had no idea about this. Wow. He had no idea that... Uh, Obama had gotten rid of uh, about 200 of our top generals and uh, 
uh, vice, uh, and also colonels, generals and colonels, and then also the fact that uh, how difficult it was for chaplains, uh, Christian chaplains, yeah, to be in really uh, the hard. Obama military. Uh, a couple of good examples. Uh, Franklin Graham was disinvited from uh, a prayer event at uh, during the National Day of Prayer at the Pentagon. Oh. And, I mean, his son has had five or six tours of duty. His West Point graduate son had had five or six tours of duty, maybe more than that now, uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, and, you then, had and then Tony Perkins... Um, Family Research Council was disinvited from giving a, a prayer event at Andrews Air Force Base. Or General Boykin, one of our Delta Force heroes, was disinvited from a couple events. Uh, hmm. Unbelievable. You just can't, can't imagine the morale is at the worst. Yeah. The Plus readiness he used the military the really for social experimentation. Exactly. Yeah. That's what uh, Admiral Lyons called it. Well, our uh, time is almost up on this segment, so I want to get to the really important issue that I know is on your heart, and that is his relationship with Israel. What about it? Well, you look at uh, a couple things. Uh, number one is the Iran deal. Oh, uh, yes. You know, uh, he and John Kerry uh, were he sold at, Israel down the river. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he used the uh, the political power that he had and influence to get Democrats in the Senate to go along with it. A bill to this point, I don't know if it's ever even been signed, but it's a horrible deal. Well, well, it, really, it really was a treaty. It should have been a treaty voted on by the Senate, but he got uh, around the Senate by not calling it a treaty. Exactly, which it, it's a treaty, and you need two-thirds approval yeah. in Senate in the House in order for it to but be But he approved. treated Netanyahu like he was a, a, a dictator of some banana republic. Made him come through the kitchen. Yeah, no, no press conference at all with Netanyahu during eight years. The first time Netanyahu comes to the Trump White House, they have a press conference. Oh, yeah. I mean, Big it, honors. It it's distinctively different. Uh, ISIS, the junior varsity team. You talk about Israel in the Middle East. ISIS, the JV team. And moving out of Iraq too long. Now we got Iran moving in. Iran's calling the military shots in Iraq now because we moved out. The Pentagon says we need to keep at least 10,000 troops in there uh, because we can't move out too fast. Obama says, I want to get out of there quickly. So we got out of there quickly, and what happened? We left. We left. And here are the Democrats uh, uh, claiming that the Russians uh, interfered in our election and all and so forth, and yet he, Obama, interfered in the elections in Israel, didn't he? No doubt about it. He uh, affected he, uh, three, over three hundred thousand dollars, I think it was three three twenty five, three fifty in that range. Uh, attempted to have Netanyahu defeated. He sent a whole by, team over there. By, yeah, I had a, a political team over there working this funds through the State Department. I mean, unbelievable. I'm a president of the United States attempting to basically overthrow the prime minister of Israel because uh, they had to call a no-confidence vote and had a new election. An ally. <laughs> Absolutely. So the Middle East and then telling the Saudis, who are petrified of a nuclear Iran, that you, be, you need to get used to two major powers in the Middle East, Iran and yourself. Well, you're well known for the book that you wrote called Face to Face. In which you pointed out that God has put remedial judgments upon this nation for our mistreatment of Israel. And this certainly has happened during the Obama administration. Absolutely. I'm updating that book right now, Dave. And uh, what took place when we put pressure on Israel uh, to, to divide uh, Judea, Samaria, and East Jerusalem, dramatic catastrophes happened during Obama's time in office, just like Bush, Clinton, and Bush. So um, I'm updating. There's over 40 major catastrophes that took place during the uh, Obama, Clinton, Kerry time, putting pressure on Israel to divide their land. Well, the Lord meant it when He said, "If you touch Israel, you touch the apple of no my eye." No doubt about it. And the God of Israel did not intend for Judea, Samaria, and East Jerusalem to be an Arab state. Yes. No. 
Yes, he didn't regather the children of Israel from the four corners of the earth for them to turn it over to the Arabs. Exactly. And it's just unbelievable how we treated Israel under Obama. And I pray that's going to change. Absolutely. I have a lot of detail in this book revealed on uh, not only the effect on Israel, but entire Middle East and also U.S. allies in the Middle East that are crucial to the oil and the defense of our nation. Well, of course, in the last the few days of Obama's administration, it, he tried to do everything that he possibly could to accomplish goals he wasn't able to accomplish by signing uh, documents. And uh, one of the most horrible things he did was to betray Israel at the United Nations. Now, that was uh, December 23rd. Uh, they did not veto it. Uh, they, veto. they abstained. But what happened is, uh, and this was uh, John Kerry denied the fact that he'd worked with New Zealand and a couple other countries behind the scenes. I mean, we know for a fact that uh, John Kerry was in uh, in um, uh, New Zealand meeting with the Prime Minister Key. Yes. I think it was around November 13, 14, on this new resolution that was going to condemn Israel yes. Yes. for settlement construction in Judea and Samaria. And uh, just within a few hours of Kerry leaving uh, New Zealand, they had a massive earthquake wow. just within a couple hours. And then a couple weeks later, the Prime Minister of uh, New Zealand stepped down. So, very interesting. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy, an interview with White House correspondent Bill Koenig. Well, Bill, the next, the last chapter in this wonderful book of yours called Revealed Obama's Legacy. The next, the last chapter is entitled The Legacy Will America Ever Recover? What about it? Well, we're seeing the byproduct right now, Dave, as we watch uh, the President, President Trump, uh, attempt to put his administration together. Uh, his cabinet positions together, the leaks that are coming out of our intelligence offices, the leaks that are coming out of the State Department. Obama's got a lot of people in place still. Uh, the process of replacing them has been very slow, and some are lifers. Mm -hmm. That's going to be one of his number one challenges. Uh, the other thing on the moral front, uh, I've talked to other evangelical uh, leaders on this, it's very difficult to take turf back. Mm. Like eliminating don't ask, don't tell, mm -hmm. you know, can you take that back? Um, Same-sex marriage, you know, telling people that you uh, are uh, taking that away, um, that they're trying to do something on the transgender, excuse me, transgenderism mm -hmm. uh, legislation. Uh, Trump just did an executive order on that. So, you know, these are things that have been put in place over the last eight years that are difficult to and unravel. everything he does is going to be challenged in court. Everything. A good example of something uh, somewhat innocent on, um, you know, on his uh, immigration policy that it was only seven Muslim uh, countries yeah. out of over almost 50 or 53, yeah. I think now. And if he has any power at all, he has that power. That's, I mean, the Constitution that's exactly makes right. It. So, what's happened? There was 25 lawsuits for wow. a travel ban. On, on the, on just a travel and ban. And every other president has done a travel ban. Exactly. Right? Huh. And uh, as you mentioned uh, in our, our pre-conversation here, uh, the ACLU raised $25 million during this period of debate over the travel ban. So, I'd say the difficulty is what's been left behind, the legislation that's put in, been put in place, 
The executive orders can be uh, reversed, but there was a lot of damage, whether it uh, Mm -hmm. is an Obamacare that's not working or whether it's the moral LGBT agenda, transgenderism agenda that was forced on education, that was forced in corporate America, uh, a military that is so depleted right now, it's going to take three to five to seven, maybe as long as 10 years to replenish Mm -hmm. the military that was Mm -hmm. left in disarray. Um, you know, on and on and on. So, Plus, he said he was going to draw, uh, drain the swamp in Washington, D.C., yeah. and when you start trying to get rid of bureaucrats, it's almost impossible. Well, they're deeply entrenched. Right. And protected by civil service laws. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, Bill, it's, a, it's a major job. It is. It is, Dave. <laughs> well, Bill, uh, how about uh, telling our uh, viewers how they can get in touch with you, and uh, also uh, tell them about your newsletter. Um, our, w- our website address is watch.org. That's W-A-T-C-H dot org. And every Friday I put out a news report, uh, the Kenning's Eye View from the White House, that is a summary of world news that happened that week that's prophetically and biblically significant. It's 15 to 17 pages, and it gives you a good idea of what happened that week that was biblically relevant. And as you know, Dave, all our final day markers are in play right now. We've never lived in a period of time such as this with such an acceleration of final day events. 15 to 17 pages a week. Every week. <laughs> He's a writer. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, unfortunately I have some good help, but it's uh, it, literally, it is so difficult. Is there any hope for the Washington Press Corps? <laughs> uh, that's a loaded question. Yeah, well, I think it's about 85 to 90% liberal, and they are not going to give up their turf, and they're going to do everything they can to destroy Trump's success, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure he's not successful. And I predicted this two weeks before the election. If Trump is elected, this will be a turf war beyond anything we've ever imagined or ever seen. And I imagine they are particularly galled over the fact that he tries to go around them. Absolutely. you know, Because after all, they're very important. Absolutely, in their own minds, and uh, they, and they're they're legends in their own minds, and uh, they were real tough on George Bush. We haven't seen anything like this. Yeah. It's real tough. It's going to be a real brawl. It, it is a brawl, and this is a turf war, and they've entrenched. Uh, they've entrenched in the courts. They've entrenched in some of the legislatures. Even though the Democratic Party's lost almost a thousand seats yes. throughout the country during yes. Obama's time, and he left like he. He was successful. It was incredible, but it's a very challenging time. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope you'll be back with us again next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Bill Koenig's book, Revealed, Obama's Legacy, can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Mr. Koenig has been a White House news correspondent for more than 15 years, and his book contains a Washington Insider's summary of the horrible legacy of the Obama administration, all written from a biblical viewpoint. It clearly reveals how President Obama served as a Muslim apologist and an enemy of Israel by doing all that he could to promote the ungodly agenda of homosexuality and abortion. Further, Mr. Kading documents how the president used the U.S. military for social experimentation and succeeded in weakening our armed forces immensely in the process. And that's only the tip of the iceberg as Mr. Koenig further documents how President Obama undermined America's judicial system while running roughshod over our nation's constitution. The book ends with a thought-provoking chapter entitled, Will America Ever Recover? To get a copy of this very important book about the spiritual condition of our nation, call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, 
or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. Again, the book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Ask for item number P580. Are you living with hope in the end times? Make plans now to attend this year's annual Bible conference and banquet on July 14th and 15th. Speakers include Dr. David Reagan, Don Perkins, Pastor Glenn Meredith, Dr. Tommy Ice, Pastor Andy Woods, and Dr. Ed Heinsen. Register at lamblion.com today or by contacting us at 972-736-3567. Hurry, seating is limited. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 